Welcome to the Sunday evening service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where the Bible is opened and explained, Christians are encouraged, and Christ is lifted up. Thank you for joining us, and may your hearts be blessed as God's Word is taught. And now, enjoy this message from Pastor Lauren Regeer. Well, amen. It's been sweet. Goodbyes are not easy, are they? I'm going to share a a text tonight before we go to have supper together uh, from Acts chapter 20. This is Paul's goodbye to his beloved church at Ephesus. Acts chapter 20 is where we'll spend a few minutes tonight. Paul only has three recorded sermons in the Bible. He did preach more than three times. And, uh, and yet we have three that are recorded. This is one here in Acts chapter 20. One was at Antioch to the Jews in Acts 13. One was to the Gentiles in Athens. That's Acts 17. And here, Miletus to the Christian elders from the church at Ephesus. And Paul, as we will find out, was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem because he wanted to be there for the Feast of Pentecost. But he makes some stops along the way, and they are telling Let's begin reading the story or the narrative of Paul's goodbye to the elders at uh, Ephesus, and we'll begin here reading at uh, verse 7. And, when the first, for, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech, his message, his sermon. <laughs> Preachers out there, you'll appreciate this, until midnight. Uh, he was a long, at least in this occasion, a long-winded preacher. I will not do that. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were gathered together there. And there sat in the window, probably trying to catch a little air, a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. Now, folks, uh, this makes me feel good, too, because I've noticed every once in a great while out there, uh, some of you nodding off or nodding in agreement, I'm sure. Well, this fellow fell fast asleep, Eutychus, and he was, Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with a sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. That's the third story. And Paul went down and fell on him, embracing him, said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while. Paul's still not done fellowshipping, is he? Even till the break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. That's probably a great understatement. I remember, uh, it's been a few years ago in our church, we had a man go home to glory from our service. I don't know if you remember that or not. Seated about right here, he went home to be with the Lord, passed away Bob Smutzler. Uh, this is a, an interesting thing, that a man died as a man was preaching, the, the Word, and yet God, in that case, revived him. Great miracle. Now we see that uh, the, the group, Luke and Timothy, others, uh, sailed on to Sos and intended to take Paul, but he had appointed or decided, minding himself to go afoot. Now we'll return to that in just a moment. From Troas to uh, Sos is about 20 miles, 20 miles. Paul's getting up in years a little bit. And yet he's decided instead of taking the boat, he knew the schedule the captain kept and that there would be stops along the way. He decided to just walk. It says this, when, and when he met 
met with us at Assos. We took him in and came to Mytilene. Each time you see this itinerary here, they're stopping for at least a day. And we sailed thence, verse 15, and came the next day to Chios, and the next day Samos, and, and tarried at Trigolium, and the next day we came to Miletus. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus. It was already beginning to silt in a little bit at that time. Now it's impossible to get there. Um, from, uh, of course, uh, it is a coastal city, but it's just about seven miles already of silt there. In those days, uh, they, they had a hard time getting in there. So they stopped at Miletus, which is 30 miles from Ephesus. And from Miletus, verse 17, Paul sent to Ephesus. You think about 30 miles, a day and a half there, a day and a half coming. He called for his good friends, his dearly beloved elders. This is really a pastor's conference. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, and this is really where his sermon, his farewell sermon is recorded. He said unto them, ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears. Someone said, you ought not trust a skinny cook. You ought not trust a pastor without a tender heart. I could tell tonight already the tears welling up. There's a tenderness, a deep love for the ministry in Andrew's heart. And temptations or trials which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, the Judaizers, how I kept nothing back from you that was profitable, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews, Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or wait for me. None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry to which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you the counsel, all the counsel of God. Take heed your, uh, to, therefore to yourselves, to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost, again these are the leaders of the church, hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, Shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock? There's dangers that he warns them about. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch. Pastors, elders, watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn every one, night and day, with tears. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. I've coveted no man's silver or gold. Yea, yourselves know that these hands have ministered. I see Him holding out His, his uh, weathered hands, His calloused hands, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said... It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and he prayed with them all. 
And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. I just uh, enjoyed reading this this week and preparing some thoughts about even tonight and the occasion, uh, of course, that brings us together, thanking the Lord for the ministry of uh, the stars here. We notice, first of all, Paul stops at the port town of Miletus. He calls for the elders of the church to come together for a pastor's meeting. He'd been to Ephesus for three years, started a fruitful ministry there. And uh, he called for the elders because he had a, had a parting word, a farewell address to give, a sermonette to give to them. And so here they come. Verses 14 and 15 have to do with Paul's ministry schedule. Each one of these cities that are listed really mean the ship that he was on would stop for a night and pick up folks and unload cargo. And Paul decided, I thought this was so interesting in verse 13, Paul had a mind after preaching, long preaching, he decided that he knows the, 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 the schedule of the ship. He decides, I'm going I'm to go ahead and walk. It's not because Paul needed fresh air exercise. It's not it at all. There's no doubt in my mind that Paul wanted to spend more time walking uh, that distance, perhaps meeting some folks and believers on the way. Paul was personally interested in folks along the way. He had built relationships with them. And so here he is walking all that way. And uh, you have to wonder what Paul's mind was. They got on the ship, verse 13, but Paul took the long route, the long journey. And I just wanted to draw some comparisons of the life of Paul to Andrew's ministry among us tonight. We're not intending to confer upon Andrew the the title of an apostle, although it does have a good ring to it, Apostle Andrew. But, uh, but there's the long walk in verse 13. We noticed that Paul's love for people drew him to go the extra mile, the long mile, to spend time with people. His steps and his sermons and his stops have to do in large measure with his love for people. He preached, of course, uh, uh, with great dedication and heart all the way till midnight and then after that even, he stays up and fellowships with the folks. Verse 11 reminds us, he talked a long while. He's not afraid to spend time with people. Then he chose, of course, to hike 20 miles, even though he was in a haste. Verse 16 would tell us that. And getting there to Asos, he calls in, of course, for the leaders. After the ship gets all the way to, uh, to Miletus, he calls for people. He, he doesn't just sit there and curio shop in the city of Miletus. He doesn't just twiddle his thumbs. He's always compassionate about people. I love that about you, Andrew and Rachel, how you have a great heart for others. I've appreciated your love, your concern for your own family, your youth group, discipling one-on-one. -on -one. I've seen you do that often in your office, a heart for others. It has been obvious. This is led you to reach out to your neighbors, to your basketball teams, and to start baseball outreaches. It's also been evident in the way that you have coached uh, different teams here at Bible Baptist Christian School. I see it in your heart. I see it in your steps. You've taken the long journey to make sure that you intersect with people. And I think that's a wonderful testimony 
Uh, you have a heart for the needy people, a spirit of care. Secondly, I noticed his long service. Verses 18, we've read these verses through 35 as his sermon. But he says in verse 18 an interesting thing. As the elders gather around him, it's a, a, a really a tender scene. He says to them, uh, first off, right out of the gate, you know from the first day that I came to Asia, he was there three years at Ephesus, building the ministry, the church. What, uh, he says, what manner I have been with you, what? At all seasons. And I've seen Andrew uh, over the last nine years with humility, tears, faithful service. Uh, we've stood together, Andrew, uh, at the living rooms or sat in the living rooms of shut-ins. We uh, standing together even when the Lord took Dawn home at the emergency room there in Griffin. I remember those days. I called on you to go with me. I've seen you also minister to children in a special way, dressed like a swamp monster, 90 degrees outside, at Camp Nahuhau, costumes and Christmas plays. I've also seen you in door-to-door canvassing, youth activities, singing groups, leading the choir, kids on the ball field, teaching Bible. You could actually say to us, you all know, you know what manner of minister I have been at all seasons. You can count on Andrew. Did you know that? He's on time. He's almost like a Marine. Um, He's there ahead of time. He's ready to go. He's prepared. He's an all-season Christian. You know at all seasons, verse 18, um, that I have been with you. Nine years is a long stay, comparatively speaking. We're thankful for the long faithfulness of our dear brother. Thank you for that. Serving the Lord, verse 19, with humility of mind through tears and trials. So thank you for your long walk, your loyal and faithful service, your love of the Word of God. Look at verse 20. I kept nothing back from you that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. What was Paul teaching? Well, verses 26 and 27 answer the question, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men, for I've not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God, the word of God. Often I've seen Andrew in his office pouring over the scriptures, reading the word, preparing his heart to teach. And my, does he have many opportunities. We've delegated him to teach in many settings. And he loves the word, and he's faithful in the word. And when he opens his mouth, when he teaches, there's good stuff. There's good material that he's studied on. It's come through, worked its way through his heart. The, the love that he has for uh, the the whole counsel, all the counsel of God, verse 27, publicly and from house to house. Uh, he's a serious student of the Word. And I appreciate that. And I've seen uh, this dual ministry, Andrew, and I've appreciated it, that from not just from behind the pulpit or behind the lectern at class, but from house to house, there's been this private also, this private uh, discourse of the word that has been so helpful in building people up. When Jan Milton, and I'm not here to correct, uh, that's not my point in saying this, said there's a departure from mass evangelism. 
I thought, yes, but it was it's clear from Paul that he not only preached to the masses as the Lord did, but also what? From house to house. And I've seen Andrew's love for his teens. I've seen him counseling teens. I've seen him working through discipline issues that are very difficult. And that's a, that's a blessing when you're willing not only to have the limelight, so to speak, but to get out of the limelight in just private settings, take the Word of God and apply it to hearts. And that indeed has been a great blessing to me as your pastor. We see it in your life at home uh, with uh, uh, the way you express the truth to Rachel and to uh, all the children. You all have been, excuse the pun, shining stars of how the Word of God is put on walking shoes in our midst. You came and no children, right? But now Connor, Kiana, Haven, little M, how we will miss you all. If you don't mind making a little cutout up here for next Sunday, I need that um, over here. But we will miss your presence. Your, your place will be empty and you will be missed. God will use you in a mar- marvelous way, but thank you for the fingerprints that have come from the Word. And we have enjoyed that. Then, verse, uh, then the next thought is, Uh, From what Paul says, I go now, I go now, he says, bound in the Spirit. Uh, We see that, of course, in verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing where I'm going. (laughs) Not knowing, it says, the things that shall befall me there. I don't even know what language they speak in Nebraska, Uh, but I'm sure it ain't Southern. Uh, You'll have to learn a a new tongue up there. Uh, but and get a new wardrobe, I'm sure. But he, he says, I don't know for sure. None of us do, do we? We don't. And like Abraham, I go not knowing where I'm going or for sure what's going to happen when I get there. But there is this truth that he says, I go bound in the Spirit. I wrote a little note to Andrew's new pastor there in Nebraska and Plattsmouth, I believe it is, and he was asking a little bit about Andrew. He says, I said, Andrew is tethered to the will of God, and I dare not as his pastor, as his pastor, ever break that tether. He's bound to the Spirit. Listen, when God moves us on, we've got to be willing to go. And so we're not, we're not at all fighting God on this. It's been a difficult decision for them, and I know they have wrangled and wrestled with it for a while, but he is bound to the Spirit. I hope you are. I hope uh, that you're not just saying, well, I just want to be comfortable the rest of my life. No, you just be bound. It's going to be a life of adventure, right? But God wants to have us have that sort of connection. We're not driven by our own will, but bound by the plans of God. When he moves us uh, we must defer to his overarching, perfect plan. So the long walk, the loyal service, the love of the word, and locked into the will of God, all these are what I think tremendous blessings from your ministry uh, to us. And then one other thing here, life's ambition. We see it in verse 24. We've alluded to it. None of these things move me. All these changes in life, all the the, the apprehensions, the fears, perhaps, of a new place, a new ministry. None of these things move me. I don't count my life as dear to myself. 
so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. There is no doubt in my mind that God wants you to continue your ministry, sharing the grace of the gospel. It's exciting to think who Andrew will yet meet, whose hearts are prepared, who need the ministry of Andrew and Rachel and their family in Nebraska. He says, none of these things move me, all these changes, nor, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I might finish my course. Andrew, your course is different than mine. My course is different than yours. Paul's course was different than Timothy's or Silas's or Luke's. It is. John Mark's course was different. He says, I want to finish my course with joy. That means I must move when God moves me on. And so it is, he says, here's his last word to the church there. Paul was sharing his heart. He says, here's my ambition, verse 32. And now, brethren, not only do I want to share the gospel of God faithfully, as long as you give me life and breath to point people to Jesus. And he says, here's my goal, verse 32. I commend you. Here's my lasting or my last word to you. It could easily be Andrew's word to us. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Uh, what is our legacy? Our only legacy will be the grasp that our followers have upon God. And his word, it's not about our personality. It's not about uh, the great skill. Certainly, Andrew and Rachel would be almost irreplaceable in that regard and that they have so many talents and abilities. When we got him, we got a threefold package, right? Singing, preaching, coaching, the list goes on and on. He's just a, a wonderful, uh, talented young man, and his family brings so much to the ministry. But it's not about our personality. That's not, not, that's not what Paul said. He said, if, if, if there's a legacy that I leave, it is that you will grab hold of God himself. And he says, I hope my life has taught you it is about God. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you.